It's Monday, April the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, coup claims in Jordan and Easter egg protests in Myanmar. First, the world in brief. Jordan's Prince Hamza, half-brother to King Abdullah, said in a video released online that he had been placed under house arrest after criticising the regime for corruption. Military officials said the prince had been ordered to stop activities aimed at destabilising the country. Intelligence officials hinted at an attempted coup. Other senior figures have also been arrested. At least 22 members of India's elite security forces were killed in an ambush by Maoist insurgents. The battle in the central state of Chhattisgarh lasted for four hours and was the deadliest attack by the rebels, also known as the Naxals, since 2017. The insurgency has rumbled on for decades. The government of Maharashtra India's richest state, announced a new lockdown in response to spiralling COVID-19 cases. A nighttime curfew has come into force. There will be a total lockdown at weekends. Infections are rising across India, leaping from 15,000 new cases a day to 90,000 a day in just a month. Maharashtra accounts for more than half of infections. Protesters in Myanmar took to handing out Easter eggs painted with protest messages at renewed marches in Yangon, the main city, and elsewhere around the country. They opposed the military government that seized power in February. Police shot and killed two men in the capital, Nipitor. Over 500 people have died since the coup. Flash floods and landslides on the Indonesian island of Flores and on neighbouring Timor-Leste killed at least 50 people. The destruction followed a weekend of torrential monsoon rain. Officials in both countries warned that, with many people still missing, the death toll could rise. Britain's government confirmed plans to test a passport system for mass events, in which proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test could be required for attendance. It will also introduce a three-tier traffic light system when foreign travel is allowed again, with conditions in the countries visited determining what restrictions apply on return. Foreign tourism is banned until May 17th. And Johnson & Johnson said it will assume full control of the Baltimore factory where millions of COVID-19 vaccine doses were ruined by mixing ingredients for its vaccine with those from AstraZeneca's jab made on the same site. AstraZeneca will find an alternate facility. And now, here's today's agenda. Dog Days, Argentina's President and Russia's Vaccine President Alberto Fernandez tested positive for COVID-19 this weekend on his 62nd birthday, opening another chapter in the saga of his government and the Russian vaccine, Sputnik V. 
Mr Fernandez vaccinated publicly in January to allay doubts about Sputnik's effectiveness for people over 60, has now been forced to cancel engagements and self-isolate at his residence. I'm in the guest house like a crazy man, he said, while insisting his condition would have been worse without the jab. From Moscow, the makers of Sputnik tweeted that the vaccine guarantees rapid recovery without grave symptoms. Argentina's vaccination programme has been slow and tainted by scandal, with the government inoculating supporters, including university students, ahead of the elderly. Opinion polls showed support for the government dropping dramatically after revelations of that secret programme. Mr Fernandez had planned cross-country trips this month to shore up his ratings. Now in isolation, he complains that not even the dogs visit me. Walls closing in. Israel's Prime Minister on trial. Benjamin Netanyahu will not be forced to watch as the first witnesses against him take the stand today at the district court in Jerusalem. However, the judges have required Israel's Prime Minister to be present when the prosecutor, Liat Ben-Ari, opens her case, accusing him of one charge of bribery and three of fraud. Mr Netanyahu is charged with receiving illegal gifts from business people, changing regulations to help a media owner who was providing him with favourable coverage, and trying to help another press baron nobble the competition. He denies all the accusations, which he calls a witch hunt. While the prosecutor makes her remarks, representatives of the Likud party will meet President Reuven Rivlin to endorse Mr Netanyahu for a sixth term as Prime Minister. But following the parliamentary election on March 23rd, he lacks a majority in the new Knesset. The walls are closing in on Israel's longest-serving Prime Minister, legally and politically. Keep your friends close. The Quad flexes its muscles. The Quad, a bloc comprising America, Australia, India and Japan, has been busy. In March, it held its first ever virtual leaders' summit, marking the group's new prominence as a bulwark against Chinese power. On Monday, its warships will join a French flotilla, led by a helicopter carrier and frigate, for three days of exercises in the Bay of Bengal. The area is hotly contested. Myanmar, Bangladesh and Thailand have all signed deals to buy Chinese-made submarines and frigates in recent years. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, offered 1.2 million free doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine to Bangladesh during a trip in late March. In Myanmar, following a coup in February, both India and China have remained close to the junta, each eager not to cede diplomatic ground to the other. Meanwhile, France, which sent a nuclear-powered attack submarine through the Taiwan Strait earlier this year, is keen to prove itself as an Indo-Pacific power. When the chips are down, car makers cut production. The ongoing global semiconductor shortage is chipping away at car production. Car makers, 
underestimating future demand early in the pandemic, underordered the silicon processes that power cars' increasingly sophisticated electronic setups. Simultaneously, demand for wirelessly connected devices outpaced semiconductor supply. All this has left automakers short of chips, forcing them to make fewer cars. Today, for example, Volkswagen and Nissan will halt production for the day at facilities in Mexico and America, respectively. Ford will shut down one of its Michigan factories for the next two weeks. Automakers could lose out on over $60 billion of sales this year due to the cutbacks, according to Alex Partners, a consulting firm. Chipmakers are expanding their capacity and Western governments want to reduce East Asia's dominance within the industry. But scaling up production takes time. The shortage could last into 2022. Spring in their step. World Bank and IMF meetings. COVID-19 caused an economic calamity. Today, the spring meetings of the World Bank and IMF bring an opportunity to reflect on whether these institutions have done enough to help. In 2020, the World Bank made lending commitments worth $71 billion, 65% more than the year before. The IMF has extended $107 billion to 85 countries. Its lending to sub-Saharan Africa represented a 13-fold increase relative to an average year. Some say they could go further. The Centre for Global Development, a think tank, finds that the World Bank has so far disbursed only $42 billion of its commitments and notes that for the poorest countries, the loans pale in comparison with the economic hit. Kristalina Georgieva, the IMF's managing director, hopes that an issuance of $650 billion in special drawing rights, the IMF's in-house currency, will help those countries unable to deliver the spending splurge seen in richer countries. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Moses Maimonides, who passed away on December the 13th, 1204. One should accept the truth from whatever source it proceeds. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.